Welcome to episode 132 of the Half Point for Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Riggs, joined as always by my co-host, Dalton Willie, and our producer, Johnny Pham. You know, guys, I, I need your help explaining a couple of things that are going on right now to me. Number one, and Dalton has this in our Around the NFL section, so we can just kind of jump right into that with this, is why exactly is Mike Rabel fired from the Tennessee Titans? And number two, why is McDonald's bringing back the double Big Mac, which I didn't did, – did you see that? I, I didn't even know that was a – apparently it was a, a popular menu item per the CNN headline I, I happened to see, but – I just want to snap. I just want to snap back. <laughs> I was going to say, we can tackle that in any any order we want, but we, we clearly have a preference here. I, I think this country has just lost God. <laughs> We're bringing back <laughs> the double Big Mac. There's no other answer to it. I mean, Johnny, I, I know you, like myself, um, frequent the McDonald's app for deals from, from time to time, you know, free fry Fridays. Um, do you ever even find yourself eating a Big Mac? Cause I- I'll confess. I never tried a Big Mac in my life until like two or three months ago. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll just do it. Whatever. No. Wasn't that good? Not that good. I mean, the, the, I would say, quote unquote, like biggest sandwich would probably be like the quarter pounder because it's. And like, I, I love the quarter pounder because you can buy a quarter pounder and get like a free one or a free ten piece, which is like yeah the best deal. But yeah, Big Macs overrated, too doughy and bready. Don't really well, care for it. And it's not even that. It's like the worst thing out, outside. Like I've never had the fillet of fish. I just like by, on principle, I'm not gonna have fish from from a McDonald's. And most fast food restaurants, really, just just kind of uh, a safety precaution. That's, also, <laughs> that that's also a sign of wealth. I mean, I don't know about that, but some people are saying that. Outside of the fillet of fish, really, the only thing I like worse than that to me on the menu is just their their cheeseburgers, like you have the two cheeseburger meal, mm-hmm. because the, those. Those patties are so skinny. You know, even the McDouble has bigger patties and obviously the quarter pounder. Yep. And the texture on those is so different. And it turns out the Big Mac is just a bunch, like two of those on there. And now the double Big Mac is literally, I'll have to find a picture of it. It's four of those. It's four of those patties. Like, it, they're not good. They're, they're the worst patties on the menu. What are we doing, McDonald's? Yeah, no, McDonald's is terrible. I mean, I don't know if I go that far. It's terrible. Okay, how about um, Vrabel? We'll jump right into into that discussion. What are what are our thoughts on the Titans making? I think what a move that surprised all of us and surprised me because you know this is a guy in Vrabel who, when he got there, he immediately takes that team you know to AFC Championship playoffs multiple years in a row. Gets number um, one seed. Gets number one seed one of those years. Um, and the year he doesn't get the number one seed beats the the Ravens, obviously, in the playoffs. And his quarterbacks were Ryan Tannehill and uh, guy, I'm already forgetting the kid who they just drafted. Will Levis. Will Levis. They had Malik Willis for a hot second. And, you know, 
he very um, publicly, I say publicly, it's public knowledge that he was against the A.J. Brown trade. And you can pinpoint that as the moment things started to fall apart. And they fell apart probably like he thought they might. And now he's out the door. Yeah, apparently him and the ownership group disagreed on the path moving forward. He thought they could still compete. The ownership group wanted to go to tear it down. And I guess that's part of the reason they've kind of had this weird philosophy the last two drafts where they've been drafting guys kind of for the future, but they're also drafting some positional players that look like they would be in a position uh, to help contribute to a winning team. And I just don't think either side could get over it. I do think Mike Vrabel is probably going to be one of the hottest coaching Who's topics out there. Who's eating that? Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. Like, come on. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think Mike Vrabel is going to end up somewhere. I am most excited. I hope he ends up in Washington. I think that would be a fun setup for him, especially with him being able to draft a rookie quarterback. Yeah, it would. It would. It would that that is definitely you know I, I sent you guys somebody's rankings of the top jobs right now. Washington, to me, amazingly, is the most attractive job in my mind. You have probably Drake May. Um, I guess if someone is a Jaden Daniels fan or forever is number one is a big Drake May fan, whether that's the Bear, yeah, whether that's the Bears or somebody else, a big Drake May fan takes him one. When you're going to get your pick of one of the top three quarterbacks in the draft, you have cap space, you have good weapons on offense like that. That'd be a lot of fun for him and for any, any number of guys Um, less shocking and a lot more um, of an uplifting firing. If we want to call it that, I do do want to call it that is the Arthur Smith firing. It was the best news of Sunday night. Um, (laughs) First and foremost, let me just say, Arthur Smith came out and was basically like, I don't know what more I could have done. He was so consistent. They got the eighth pick three years in a row. Did a great job there, Arthur. Um, he Then he goes on. I don't know if you saw his press conference. He goes no. on to say that he had to play with inconsistent quarterbacking. And it was something for a challenge for his coaching staff. Uh, what I, I recall in week seven, Arthur Smith blatantly coming out and saying, if you don't watch film, Desmond Ritter's clearly a good guy. You nerds just aren't watching enough film. Uh, and then Ritter got benched two weeks later, as we all remember. Well, and then also their owner and GM literally sat up there in their press conference and said not that Arthur Smith alone decided by any means, but front office and coaches combined decided that they wanted to go forward with a guy like Ritter in a salary like Ritter to build their team as opposed to, I don't know, making any effort at Lamar Jackson or like yeah, the, just the, any, the any decent veteran quarterback. Yeah. I, and then there's the obvious misuse of weapons on the Atlanta Falcons. I know a lot of people think this is an exciting job. They do have a resurgent defense. Do you, Can you name the three wide receivers they have under contract for next year as of now? Honestly, it, that that doesn't no I can't first of all and second of all um I I'm not really too concerned about that because they they have cap space they can bring in you know a couple of, of solid guys they need to but they have Drake London they have 
Kyle Pitts, who apparently tore his PCL last year, too, and we're learning that just today. That feels like it's against the rules for us not to have known that at any point. That's a whole nother discussion. It's incredibly terrible. And cap space-wise, they're middle of the pack with $36 million. But they have Josh Ali and Chris Blair, as the only other wide receivers not named Drake London, on their depth chart. And I am a little concerned that them picking eighth either means they take a reach for a quarterback, because I don't think the top three guys are going to be there unless you think Jane Daniels falls farther than, than that. Uh, and it becomes a Bo Nix, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr. maybe debate. I don't think Penix is going to be a first-round pick anymore, but we'll, we'll see. Well, and the thing about picking eighth, and they've been in this position now how many years, and, and they haven't made any kind of move, is – you are close enough that you could trade up for a guy if you if you really wanted to, and and they've yet to make that move. Well, they, I mean, like you're prob trading up to one or two from eight would be really really expensive. But if you're right, it's worth it. Like yes. if the Panthers were right about Bryce Young, it would have been worth it. If you know, like just say if the Chiefs had traded up from. 10 to one and gave up just essentially what the Panthers did a first round pick and DJ Moore to get Patrick Mahomes. Like, yes, you're doing that every time, you know, like if you're right, it's worth the exorbitant price. But even if you don't want to trade up to one or two, you can trade up to whether it's three or like five and get a Jaden Daniels. If you really want to go that route. Yeah. Or you can sign Russell Wilson, which is what I'm definitely afraid of. What's going on? Uh, I'm terribly afraid of that. Uh, the only other thing I'll say about the Atlanta job is anything is an improvement here. Um, and I, I think that I'm going to have trouble not ranking all of these guys above ADP this offseason. These guys being Drake London, Bijan Robinson, and Kyle Pitts. Well, well, we'll see where <laughs> Kyle Pitts goes this offseason because every year we have the same debate. But the other two, I think I'll probably be above ADP on this offseason. Um, and any coaching staff is going to do a better job of utilizing these weapons than Arthur Smith did, without a doubt. And they'll likely get a better quarterback in the room because Arthur Smith won't be banging the drum for Desmond Ritter. Yeah, and, you know, uh, elsewhere, uh, Pete Carroll, I, it's – I guess he was fired at first. Looked like it was a mutual. mutual oh, he's heading to the front office uh, or upstairs, as as Johnny said. Um, <laughs> not death, to be clear. Upstairs, front office. Um, but then it turns out Pete Carroll's like, oh, I actually fought pretty hard to still be coaching. Um, I understand. Like, Pete Carroll's a good coach. I also understand why Seattle would think maybe it's time to kind of tear things down a little bit and head a new direction. And maybe Pete, you know, you want a coach who's going to be around for the long term. If you're starting that, that journey, I think. Um, yeah. I think sometimes organizations just need changes. I understand it. I think Pete Carroll will be a great coach wherever he ends up. Um, I'll be interested to see where it is because I think he will end up getting a job somewhere in the NFL. And then um, the other one where it's like, you know, not really much to say on the matter other than in this case, I think it was definitely past time. Honestly, is Ron Rivera um, gone from Washington? You know, it would have been nice both for Washington and for Eric Bieniemy if they would have done this about a month ago and given Bieniemy a chance to run the team. And number one, you know, given him that chance, and then number two, give yourself that chance to see if maybe you have the guy you want to hire in house. 
Yeah. Well, that's the biggest question about this fire, in my opinion, is where the enemy ends up. I saw Washington was going to interview him for a head coaching job, which is interesting. Um, but I don't think he gets it. I think he probably ends up as an offensive coordinator for another year somewhere. Most interesting spot is the Bears with them firing Everflus. Obviously, there's a connection there with the GM, Ryan Poles, who was at the Chiefs for a long time and has brought in a lot of former Chiefs players. So I think there could be some alignment there. Yeah. Um, and then on to the Bears. It's like, you know, they did the same thing the last two times they drafted the quarterback. We'll see if they draft a quarterback right now. The first two times it was um, it was head coach. Obviously, they kept around for another year. I don't know if it was necessarily fired offensive coordinator, but they fire Eberflus. They're going to keep uh, the head coach there at least another year, it seems like. Why you wouldn't just want to start fresh with a new quarterback and new coach? Because, like, you know, when they drafted Trubisky, they they kept John Fox around for the – I can, actually, yeah, it was John Fox. Kept John Fox around for one year. They were terrible. They fire him. Then they bring in Justin Fields. They draft him. They keep Matt Nagy around, you know, for a year. It's terrible. They fire him. It's like – I, I know it's different people, but can't you just learn some organizational lessons from what this team has messed up in the past and, and make different decisions this time around? Yeah. Well, the other thing is uh, if they keep Justin Fields, it's his third year with a new offensive coordinator in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, I mean, that's just not a good look for him. I think it does signal to me that they might be looking to make a move there just because I don't think you're, you're going to want to trot that out for another season. And they're looking for some changes. I would have preferred them to fire their entire coaching staff and just yep. move on and start f- over. If you're going to make the commitment, you need to do it all the way. Uh, the only thing that was good on paper for that team the ha- second half of the season was their defense. So I think they, they should have just done a full reset, uh, and they're kind of half-dogging this. And I think even whoever they bring in is going to have a little bit of a rough start unless they get a good offensive coordinator there. Yeah, and it – you know, if they trade the number one pick, they're, they're going to get – another haul and it's gonna be like wow look at the the assets they've gotten the last two years making these trades but also you know where is it really getting you if your quarterback is justin fields and like i like justin fields he got better this year but i still like you're talking about him in the context of choosing him over two guys who i think are generational prospects and then not to mention last year where yeah Taking Bryce Young turns out, although I don't want to write the book on Bryce Young yet, but taking Bryce Young would have been a mistake. But also there were very real opinions that Straub was the number one guy from some. And then I know the two of us and others felt that Anthony Richardson was actually the number one guy. So you can't just say, oh, Bryce Young didn't work out. So they made the right move last year. It's like, well, actually, they could have just you know, drafted Stroud or Richardson, and I think you'd feel differently. (laughs) Yeah. No, uh, they're they're doing the, like, dynasty GM thing right now where they're just trading a haul back every year, uh, looking at their treasure trove of draft picks, like Smog in The Hobbit, and just saying, look at all the treasure I have, but you're not doing anything with it. Uh, And it's just going to continue to get worse until they make a real move. Like, I know they're going to have the ninth pick, and they're going to get a good player there. But at some point, you, you have to decide to move on Justin Fields, who I think has been at his best, a middle-of-the-pack passer with really good rushing upside, and at his worst, you know, a bottom-of-the-league bottom passer, which you can't have. Well, it's like what they're choosing, you know, 
yeah, having a hundred one dollar bills is great, but you know what's a lot easier? Just having one hundred dollar bill. Yes. And that's kind of what it's like having a great quarterback. <laughs> yeah, nothing fixes a team faster than a great quarterback. Uh and uh, he's had his flashes, but I think you take the, the second round pick, that rumor he'd be worth. Uh send him to Atlanta, have some fun there. Yeah. Uh and, and kind of reset everything. I know the hardest thing with that Bears Pittsburgh team, as well. Pittsburgh is another place that yes. I'd love to see him go. I know the really hard thing is, is it sounds like Fields is a great locker room guy, and I don't know if you can keep your coaching staff and trade Fields and and you set up a rookie to come into a locker room where where Fields is so beloved. Yeah, um, I don't know. I I, I think you can. I, I think that would. I, I get I get what you're saying. I I just think you just have to. You just have yeah. To. I think someone has to be a big boy in the room at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah, I agree. All right. On that note, let's move on to the actual meat of the show, the thumbnail, a super wild card preview. You know, like we did last year, um, we're going to go against the spread picks and we're going to go straight up. Last year, you know, 11 and 1 for me, 10 and 2 for you guys, straight up against the spread. Dalton is 9 and 3, and Johnny and I, 8 and 4. I would not be surprised if I have more losses than two the two that you guys had straight up in the first weekend this year and if the against the spread is close to th- like it, it it is really it feels really difficult this year to pick these games and just this year as a whole has been difficult you know we, we had the the prop bets that we talked about last week the way those finished up is johnny 17 and 15 and dalton line both 15 and 19 we were all three positive money on those last year so it's yeah. been a lot more difficult to figure out this season and these teams this year, but we're sure going to try and do as good a job as we did in, in the playoffs last season. And we're just going to go in order of, of the games here. We'll start with Cleveland at Houston with the line being Browns minus two and a half. You know, Johnny, you have a, a pretty nice little futures bet on the Browns to win the Super Bowl. Yep. So I'm assuming you're picking them to get past round one, right? You are correct in that assumption. And you're muted. Spread. You are correct about that assumption, and I feel like a boomer. Uh, but yeah, uh, nice, sizable Browns future. Um, why not? Why not the Browns this year? Why not get past the Texans? And uh, I like them covering by two and a half. Dalton? Uh, I, I went all in on the Browns here. I took them to cover. I took them to win the game. Uh, they get a week off of rest. Uh, and then Houston plays in a thriller overtime win where Tyler Goodson cost me some money because I need Justin Field or CJ Stroud to throw for two more yards to make $120 on our parlay. That's neither here nor there. Uh, I think the Browns are just more side note. Nico, Nico Collins, I had his yardage total in that game. So did I. There was nothing more electric than a 75 yard touchdown in the first play. He was only like seven yards away once he did that. Hit it immediately. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the Browns are just a more complete team. This this Houston Texans team is really Will Anderson on defense and then C.J. Stroud and Nico on offense. They don't have a run game really worth anything. Uh, the Browns are most uh, deficient in playing run defense. I don't think they're going to have a problem here. I think that Miles Garrett's going to eat and Joe Flacco is going to just continue to do what he's been doing for the last like nine weeks. Which is he? Been- I is think so. He? I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna come out and they're gonna win this game and they're gonna send Houston home with a bright future. But uh, the Browns are gonna move on to the next round. Can I just give you a, a couple of stats? 
I don't care what nerd stats you have. Joe oh, Flacco's a god. If you go, if you go Texans, oh my god, I'm not talking to you. It's all day Saturday. So, <laughs> the Browns' defense away from home this season: five point five yards per play given up compared to three point seven at home. At home, thirty-two sacks compared to seventeen on the road. You know, last time I checked, this game's on the road. And the Browns are somehow minus two and a half in this game. And I think it actually opened up. Uh, maybe not open, but I, I, I think I've seen it at three. And it, it's bumped down a little bit. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I think it was three and a half when I saw it. Really? So it, it's gone down a little bit, a little bit more. But, you know, Joe Flacco also eight interceptions and eight turnover-worthy plays in, in the last couple of months. Now, obviously, he's played great, better than, than any of us could have expected. But he's also... Had a lot of time, like a lot of mistakes have been mixed in there. He's also averaging something like eight yards in attempt right now, which CJ Stroud is leading the league at 8.2. So he's just like doing the Joe Flacco thing of of letting it fly. And the Browns are actually throwing the ball a lot more on first down. Their first down pass rate is way up from where it was with any other quarterback <laughs> Deshaun Watson earlier, earlier in the season. But I'm just really worried. At some point, we are going to get the Flacco crash back down to earth game. And what has made this even more surprising to me is the Browns offensive line, you know, it's banged up. They haven't, it's not like the elite Browns offensive line of years past, and yet this is still happening. But at the end of the day, we just talked about how much easier your life is with a quarterback. I'm trusting CJ Stroud. In this moment, you know, it was a little rocky for the team against the tech against the the Colts last week, but not for him. He was good. And then when it was needed most, he was awesome. Seven for seven throws a touchdown on the game winning drive. Like I just, I'm afraid to bet against that dude. And as a chiefs fan, that was honestly the matchup I was most worried about was, was CJ Stroud in the first round. I'm not like, I think the Bills as a team scared me more, but just like I don't know, man. Looking at the looking at the quarterbacks, Stroud is just nails when when it matters most. It was like that in college. It's been like that so far this year. He played a pseudo playoff game last year. Now, what would be nice is if the Texans could get another receiver out there besides Nico Collins, other than than John Mechie. So that'll be a thing to keep an eye on. But I'm going with the Texans straight up and obviously against the spread in this one. Yeah, I mean this this uh. This Texans team has tried out 15 different offensive line units over the course of the season. Uh, I'm just not trustworthy. They're going to protect Stroud throughout the game. I think the pressures are going to be there for the Browns, and I think the defense is suspect enough that they're going to take advantage of it with their matchups, and I think that extra week of rest really does uh, matter for Cleveland to come in there with fresh legs uh, and run them out of the dome in Texas. Dolphins at Chiefs is the next one. This is a Peacock exclusive, so that is exciting. This opened up, I think at one point, this was at less than three. And I, I wish I would have had the foresight to jump on it at that point. But it is right now Chiefs by four and a half. You know, you talked about an extra week of rest. You have the Chiefs who basically, outside of Chris Jones and a couple others, had had the week off. And then you have... The Dolphins, who were playing an incredibly competitive game on Sunday Night Football, and then they have to travel to a just frozen tundra this week in Kansas City. So those things 
are shaping up in the Chiefs' favor. But, you know, we know what could go against the Chiefs, which is the Chiefs gone against them all season, which is the Chiefs. Who do you like in this matchup, Dalton? Um, so I am surprise, surprise, taking the Chiefs. Uh, I feel pretty confident about the Chiefs in this one. I'm taking the cover and I'm taking the win outright. Uh, something I thought was important was Patrick Mahomes is 10 and 1 in temperatures below 40 degrees and has a 94.1% passer rating. What, uh, what's, what's the high going to be? Temperature I high? I think it's 10 degrees. It's nine degrees last night. Nine degrees. Nine degrees uh-huh. is the high on Saturday. Remind you, this game is at 7 p.m. It will not be nine degrees at kickoff, nor and will it feel sure. like nine degrees at kickoff. Uh, the fun stat is Tua is 6 and 13 in temperatures under 70 degrees. And he's <laughs> 0 and 4 in temperatures under 40 degrees with a 57% passer rating. And then also, uh, fun stat of the day the Miami Dolphins are 0 and 10. In temperatures under 40 degrees, their last win came in 2019 against the Bills uh, in a game where the Bills were resting their starters. Uh, I I don't want to be like the weather guy, but we'll start there. Moving on, the Dolphins lost three players in the Bills game. They're starting a brand new offensive line. None of the players in the offensive line are starting. Well, and they, not only did they lose players, they, you know, they lose uh, Van Ginkle, I think, in the Bills game. They already lost Jalen Phillips. We we saw him tear his Achilles on hard knocks. Obviously, that was tough. And then Bradley Chubb tore his ACL the previous week. So they're down two awesome pass rushers and then one of the best linebackers in the NFL this season in Van Ginkle. Yeah. So defensively, they're not there. I don't think the Chiefs offense needs to find a groove against them to win the game, although it would be nice if they did. Uh, and also, I think four and a half is – like kind of a laughably low spread uh, with all things considered in this game. I think I think it was two and a half when they played in Germany. Yes. Uh, but a little different. Both teams are fully traveling. I mean, no, this, I know I'm saying like that was a, that was a neutral field, yeah. you know, in, indoor game, both teams, same circumstances. And that was uh, a different Dolphins defense at that point. Yeah. So I'm a pretty firm believer. The chiefs walk out of this one. I don't think it's going to be the prettiest game. I think Kansas city plays conservative ball on offense and might let their run game, uh, get the things going. Uh, and I think, I just don't know if the dolphins have the firepower to get it there. And I, I trust Snead to do his work on Tyreek Hill and kind of walk out of there with a win. So, you know, the other thing, obviously you mentioned defensive injuries. Raheem Mostert's been banged up, didn't play last week. Jalen Wiles been banged up all season didn't play last week and it's not like yeah obviously they were gonna get in no matter what but it would have been a lot better for the Dolphins had they won that game so if those guys weren't just like I don't think that was like oh let's just be cautious with them I think it's like these guys are legitimately hurt Waddle obviously he's been hurt and then most are it's I think two games in a row yeah he's now missed so you have that too um well the last thing I'll say and I sent this stat to you Evan uh, the New England Patriots, who won four games, have more wins against teams over 500 than the Miami Dolphins. Like this, I'm not calling the Dolphins frauds per se, uh, but the Dolphins beat up on a lot of bad teams and didn't win against a lot of good teams. Well, I think the reason for that is Tua has the biggest difference in the NFL among starting quarterbacks this season in EPA per dropback when he faces a clean pocket versus when he's in a you know a Crowded pocket. pocket. Yeah, basically, whatever. Versus pressure. Um, and obviously, the better teams are more likely, in a lot of cases, to, to be able to do that. And the Chiefs are obviously a team that have been very capable of doing that this year. They did that when they played 
in Germany as well. Um, you threw out Tua's record and Mahomes' record in uh, cold weather. Another interesting stat here is quarterbacks. By the way, this is Tua's first playoff start, which is kind of under the radar for me. That's kind of crazy. I, I forgot that he didn't play in the game last year at Buffalo. It was Skylar Thompson. Um, it, for quarterbacks making their first start in the playoffs, playing against quarterbacks who have already made a start are 17, 35, and 1 against the spread and 17 and 36 straight up since 2002. That is from Action Sports. And, you know, obviously I think the the area that they can hurt the Chiefs is in the run game. If they can get Mostert, they can get Devon Achan going on the ground. The Chiefs are like 27th in DVOA against the run this year. I would be very – and I think it was like 5.6 yards per carry they gave up against the Dolphins when they played in Germany. That was without Nick Bolton. I would be curious what the Chiefs' splits are – with and without Nick Bolton in the lineup against the run. Obviously, Bolton presents his own issues against the pass at times, but he does help their run defense out quite a bit, I think. Yeah, uh, and I, I don't think the offense will just be able to do what they want against this defense. It's so injured. I don't know I don't know what they can throw at us because I mean, they, they don't have anything. They, they just gave up 56 points to the Ravens. The Ravens are obviously awesome. They may have only given up 14 offensive points to the Bills, but – the Bills averaged something like almost seven yards a play, and it was just the Bills being the Bills for three quarters. I, I, you know, it was kind of like the Chiefs. Uh, you know, turnovers, mistakes, all of that stuff was what was keeping them out of the end zone. And I will say, the KC offense last time we saw them against Cincy, yes, they put up whatever it was, 25 points. I don't even remember, 24 points, however many points a touchdown and a billion field goals gets you. But they were at about seven yards a play, Almost 400 yards of total offense. It was probably one of their better games of the season as far as just moving the ball. So that was encouraging. Yeah. I like Kansas City walking out of this one. Johnny, do you have a pick here? And is your pick good? <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't think you know ball because you've only been in uh, our group chat once during a Chiefs game and just decided, <laughs> oh, we, we've lost them, folks. We've lost them. I watch uh, ball you know, on my Twitter. Yeah, but you don't know ball. Twitter figures turn to trigger figures. No ball, clearly. Uh, I like the Chiefs here, uh, but I don't like them covering. Uh, I think it's just going to be not a fun game to watch. As all sporting events go in our lifetime, we think <laughs> we're going to run a high. We'll have a 14-point lead, and they'll get dwindled down to three. And then we, we escape with a win, and it's like going to be 21-20 or – 14-10, but I don't think the Chiefs cover. Well, I'm going Chiefs straight up and Chiefs against the spread. Uh, on to the Steelers at the Bills. This one is Bills by 10. Um, I guess I'll start us off with this one. Um, like I said a minute ago, yes, the Bills may have messed around a little bit last week. Uh, Mistakes-wise, penalty-wise, turnover-wise. But their offense moved the ball up and down the field. And sure, the Steelers have won a few in a row to get here, but their quarterback is still Mason Rudolph. I do think Najee Harris and Jalen Warren can do enough to keep this one respectable. Um, the Bills are pretty middle of the road in DVOA against the rush this season, so you can run on them. But no TJ Watt is obviously big. The The Steelers are 1-10 in, in games without TJ Watt since he was drafted. That is a bad stat for them. Thanks, um, What was that? Yeah, thanks for that bad stat. 
that's a very bad stat for them. Each of their last three playoff losses, they've allowed 45, 48, and 42 points. This will be an interesting weather game, Dalton. I'm sure you're all over that. Lake effect weather galore being talked about on, on the timeline as far Got as some this fun one stats goes. on that one coming up. And I'm sure you do. I, I, I'm sure you saw the same Warren Sharp tweet about about the weather that stealing I did so today. much of that. <laughs> but I'm going with the Bills to cover the Bills to win, even though this is a pretty big number. Johnny, you want to go? Uh, yeah, I'll go because we know what your decision is going to be. It's not going to be the brightest one, and it's going to be funny when it, the Bills just blow out the Steelers, especially not having T.J. Watt. Um, I don't even know who the quarterback's going to be. Mason Rudolph, who cares? Yep. Uh, Bills, just next. I'll die on this. I'll die on this. I think Steelers are winning outright, so I'm obviously <laughs> taking them to cover. Uh, let me just start by saying I don't think the Steelers have been as terrible as we think, uh, mostly because of a very good coach in Mike Tomlin. Uh, so the Steelers went five and one in their division, which is fine. Uh, but what I thought was really interesting, they went eight and five against teams with a winning record, and they went five and three against current playoff teams. They've played playoff teams pretty good. I think there's a strong shot that because of the weather, they get to lean into what they're good at. And Josh Allen could do what Josh Allen's good at, which is turning over the ball. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the weather. Uh, it's going to be snowing. It's going to have 25-mile-an-hour sustained winds and 52-mile-an-hour gusts. Do you know what the last game Josh Allen played in with weather like this was? Well, I do remember that the Chiefs played an incredibly windy game at Buffalo in 2020 where we ran the ball. We gave Clyde Edwards-Alaire the ball something like 25 times in that game and won. Well, it goes even further back. It was the miraculous New England Patriots win where Mac Jones completed two passes. <laughs> um, in the same game, in the first half, Josh Allen completed six passes. And his longest completion was a 14-yard touchdown to Gabe Davis. In this game, the New England Patriots end up beating the Bills under Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. Well, so how, so how, how exactly is Mason Rudolph going to do anything? Who doesn't have a strong arm, isn't mobile. At least Josh Allen, number one, has a strong arm. Number two, is mobile. So they're like, not running the ball. They're not running the ball like those Steelers are, and that's where this game comes down to. <laughs> The Pittsburgh Steelers are going to play bully ball, and I think they're a team built for it better. Uh, since the firing, uh, what was offensive coordinator? Uh, Matt Canada. Uh, no, no, not for the Steelers, for the Buffalo Bills. Oh, uh, Ken Dorsey. Yeah, since Ken Dorsey was fired, this offense has actually been worse. Yeah, uh, well, I'm glad you said that. I was afraid you were going to go with, oh, they're 5-1 and one since they've been like, actually, their offense has been worse since they fired no. them. They're just winning more games right now. And – James Cook has been a stellar player. I don't think he has snowball in him. You know who has snowball in him? Najee Harris. <laughs> Is this narrative-driven partially? Absolutely. 100%. Uh, but I also, when it comes to preparing for this game, I think Mike Tomlin's going to do a better job of coaching his guys up to come and play in this game. I think that the Steelers have a better rush attack uh, and that they're going to be more effective in dealing with the inclement weather than the Bills are going to be. And I really think that this Steelers team is built to capitalize off of turnovers. And if there's one thing I guarantee is going to happen, it's that Josh Allen's going to turn over the ball at least once or twice in this game. And the, the Bills are going to walk out of there with an L. Steelers are going to have to walk into Baltimore next week and get absolutely pounded. Um, 
but I think the Steelers win this game in a very ugly 10 to seven fashion and they cover and they win it. And it just is another notch in the Josh Allen is a clutch career belt. You know how I know I know more ball than you because you think they would go into Baltimore and get killed next week. I it is way more likely that they would play a close game with Baltimore, who I think if you look back at their last however many matchups, those are all like 13 to 7, 13 to 10. It you just don't watch NFC North ball like I do. The only thing that this kills is we don't get flak attack against the Ravens again if <laughs> this happens. But I do think the Steelers win. I think that the Chiefs end up hosting uh the Cleveland Browns next the week. Texans. Or the Texans, either one. It could be either team. It'll be the Browns. Uh, but, no, I like the money. This is the upset I'm picking for the week. I have another one later, but this is the big upset. I, I think for sure they cover. I would. I will put money on they cover. I will put my own dollar bills on the cover um, just for anybody listening to this who wants to trust me. Well, I'm glad Dalton is at least giving me the mulligan just in case the, the Browns win. I get this one back uh, with the Bills being the Steelers. All right. On to Sunday, Packers at Cowboys. And this, honestly, the NFC games are way more exciting to me for the most part than, than the AFC games this week. This is Dallas by seven and a half. I'll just say off the top, I have Green Bay covering in this game. We can talk more about it before I, I say who wins if you want. But I've been like beyond impressed talking about or thinking about Jordan Love in, in the last half of the season. They are in the top five of pretty much every offensive efficiency mark in the last half of the season. He's gotten better. It should also come as no surprise that the youngest team in the NFL, with some of the youngest weapons in the NFL, has also gotten better. Even without Christian Watson, who a lot of people would have pegged as the number one receiver there, you know, Romeo Dubs has been fine. And then you've got the two rookies and Wicks and Jaden Reed, who are both just making plays every week. It seems like it'd be nice if one or both of them could go the entire game without leaving the game with an injury, but that's another discussion for another time. That's their whole wide receiver core at this point. That's true. That, that, I mean, Watson's obviously been banged up all season, but I think the pressure is so much on Dallas and so little on green Bay. This will be an interesting game. Dalton, who do you, who do you have in this game? So I have uh, Green Bay covering. I have some uh, stats to back up what you're saying about how good they've been offensively. Uh, from weeks 9 to 18, their yards per play are 6 yards per play with 3rd in the NFL. Their EPA per drive is 3rd in the NFL. Touchdown percentage is 5th. Scoring drive percentage is 4th. And successful play rate is 3rd. I think Jaden Reed is like the next Debo Samuel, the way he plays the game. He's so good with the ball. He's so he's, a, he's, he's smaller. He's not going to he, – he'll do it in a different way than yes. Debo, and he's not going to be as good as Debo, but that's like yes. kind of the archetype he's used as. Yeah. Um, I like the way he plays. I, I'm a big fan of John Tavian Wicks too. You know that. Uh, I have them covering because I think seven and a half is just too big of a line for them not to cover. I don't have them winning the game, uh, and I have them losing because of Joe Barry. I will say <laughs> he's a terrible defensive coordinator. I can't believe he's still there. He gave up 30 points to Carolina Panthers. That's all you have to know. Yeah. Um, but this Dallas defense has picked on bad teams and been terrible against good teams. Their EPA against teams with a winning record puts them at 28th in the NFL. And then against teams with a losing record puts them second in the NFL. Uh, Deron Bland is a coverage liability and is just another ball hawking corner 
who you can get to jump routes. And Dallas is 27th in success rate on defense since week 12. You can yeah. move the ball on them. 29th yeah. in success rate and allowed on dropbacks. I think it's going to be a fun game. Uh, it's going to come down. I don't think Jordan Love's ready for the moment. You gave the stat earlier about first starts for quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see Green Bay win this game. I just don't think their defense does enough for them to come out on top. And I think Micah Parsons you know, has a few big-time moments, uh, and he's a big-time player. And I just think, I mean, I think Joe Barry loses in the game. I, it's just it's the only reason I didn't pick Green Bay. Two two counterpoints would be number one. This is the Mike McCarthy reunion game, so it would be quite funny if the Packers were were to beat him. And number two, yes, I I I, I am fully aware of and support the stat I gave out earlier, but also the Cowboys ended their season last season direct sap, direct snapping to Zeke. So it's like. Yes, Dak is probably more ready for the moment than Jordan Love, but you just you can't rule anything out with the Cowboys. However, Dallas has been number one in success rate on offense since week nine. All those stats talking about with the Packers. The Cowboys offense has been slightly better, and I think that's what's going to happen this weekend. So you think the, the Cowboys win? Cowboys win, Packers cover. And I think that I, I don't remember what the – was it like 51 was the total for this game or something like that? I think it's the highest or second highest. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. Yeah, me too. I wish this could be, you know, like in WWE, they're halfway through a fight and some guy runs down the ring. I wish at halftime Aaron Rodgers flew in on a helicopter, dropped in and played quarterback the second half for the Green Bay Packers just to toast Mike McCarthy. I don't know, man. Jordan Love might just be better. He might be. The the next game actually has the uh, highest over-under for the week. Uh, But I have the same as you guys, Cowboys to win. Packers to cover, so surely that will go exactly <laughs> as planned. Okay, that next game that you alluded to is the Rams at the Lions. Kind of the matchup that everybody was, you know, we're all hoping for Flacco at the Ravens in week two. In week one, we're all hoping for Matt Stafford heading to Detroit, and that's what we get. This is Detroit by three. Meaning, obviously, this can't happen, but if these teams were playing in a neutral field in a Super Bowl environment, this would probably be a pick em. And, man, Detroit really messed up by getting Sam Laporta hurt last week, especially because the Rams have been super vulnerable over the middle all season. And if Laporta can't go, obviously, Amon Ross St. Brown, but it's just, you know, it's a lot easier to scheme for one when there's not another guy to have to worry about. Uh, close to that level like I know the splits with Jared Goff at home and on the road this season we've talked about it he's insane at home he's got awful on the road so if there's one thing I'm confident in saying is if the Lions have to uh go to Dallas it's probably over even though they should have beat them last time <laughs> with the Dallas a couple of weeks ago um I'm not even saying the Rams have a world-beating defense either but they're very well coached and if there's one coach on this planet who knows how to bother Jared Goff? Don't you think it's probably Sean McVay? Like it's Sean McVay. I have a bad feeling for the Lions right now. Yeah. So you're taking the Rams straight up. Yeah, I'm taking the Rams uh, against spread and straight up. Um, Stafford is just playing unbelievably well. The Rams' offense is going to put up big time points. Um, where this game is probably going to be won or lost is the Rams rushing offense versus the Lions rushing defense. The Lions have the best run defense per DVOA this season. 
Kyron Williams obviously is quite good. And also we we know at this point um, how important it is for the Rams to be able to set up the pass with the run, whether it's to get in short down and distance or, frankly, to, to run all of their play action stuff that they do to hit those deep shots. So I think that's going to be where this game is won or lost, but I just – I've got the Rams in this one. The only other thing that really worries me for the Rams is their special teams. Cost from the game at Baltimore has been really bad all season. But this just feels like, you know, if the Rams are – you know, they go down if, – if they go, like, score a touchdown first drive, get a stop, and, like, kick a field goal, and it's 10-0 to with two minutes left in the first quarter, that – frenzy is going to turn to a panic in Detroit really quickly. And that's how things can kind of unravel sometimes. Yeah. Uh, big time loss. Like you said, for the Detroit lions losing Sam Laporta, I, it looks like he has an outside shot of playing. Even then I don't think he's hundred percent. He's really been their second option in that passing attack. Um, but Matt Stafford walking into the damned franchise that wasted 12 years of his career, <laughs> uh, that went on to trade him so he could finally win a Super Bowl playing against the guy that Sean McVay tossed in the trash. I was going to say the real revenge game narrative is for Jared Goff in this. Yeah, scenario. well, I don't know. I think it might be for Sean McVay because they should have beat the Patriots in that Super Bowl. Revenge game for everybody. Somehow <laughs> everyone's out for yeah. revenge in this game. But with all their healthy wide receivers, uh, mostly Puka and Cooper Cup, yes. the Rams are tied with the 49ers for the most offensive EPA per drive. They've been very efficient. Uh, with all three of those guys, including Kyron. Uh, I'm taking the Rams to win, to cover. I think Matt Stafford destroys them in the Dome and just one more time watches his franchise fall back into disrepair over <laughs> what he does to them. I cannot be more excited to watch this game. I've loved Matt Stafford this season. We've talked about him a lot. Mm-hmm. He's been a dog all year. He's the same guy. He's a gunslinger and the perfect offense for him. And this is a team. I mean, this might be like a team of destiny, destiny where if they get hot, the Rams can just make a run in this NFC playoff picture. Well, you you know if they get the 49ers next week, they're going to make it tough on them. Yes. Um, so I'm really excited about this game. I think the Rams walk out. I don't think it's good. I think it's going to be a close game all in all. But I like you said, I think Sean McVay knows Jared Goff's tendencies. They're going to run some weird coverages to disrupt him. Uh, and without Sam Laporta, it's really going to be – you know, Ken Jamison Williams show up in a big time moment and Ken Jared Goff show up in a big time moment. Like th- those are what you're betting I'm on. I'm about as confident as in Jamison Williams showing up as I am in Marquez Valdez Scantling doing something positive for the Chiefs this year, which yeah. is not very. Not very. Um, so yeah, Rams covering outright, beat the Lions, send them back. I see uh per the doc, Johnny, you feel the same way. Yep, yeah. I mean NFL script writers did a great job <laughs> of setting up this playoffs with like the storylines, but yeah, congrats to the Lions for making the playoffs for the first time in like 30 years or whatever. But I think that's winning the division when they made the play, they made the playoffs one year with Megatron, which is hilarious. I think it was only one year with Megatron. They lost at Dallas. There was a uh, controversial no call in, in the, the pass interference that wasn't called in that game. Five Crazy how often that happens in Dallas playoff games. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, losing Laporta is just a brutal loss for him. And I, I mm-hmm. just don't think uh, the Lions have a, a good chance here. All right. Philly at Tampa Bay. I told you guys earlier today that. I I couldn't get myself to write down a winner for this game, much less covering you know the spread. Um, in my doc, I'm gonna have to make a decision like as I'm 
talking through this game. It's Eagles minus three is the spread, making them the second road favorite of the weekend. It just feels really terrible either way you lean in this game because the Eagles have lost five of six and are absolutely free-falling. Nick Sirianni is kind of doing the Brandon Staley, getting combative in press conferences, getting cranky thing the last month or six weeks or so. The defense has been a tire fire since Patricia took over. They, you know, have all these great Georgia players on the defensive line and, and Brandon Graham's still there. They can't get pressure on anybody. They can't cover anybody. They can't stop the run. I think those are three important things to not be able to do personally on the defensive side. Um, and then offensively, their offense, I don't know after last week, but their offense, their EPA has actually been higher in the last six or eight weeks than it was earlier in the season, but they've, you know, just making a lot of mistakes, a lot of turnovers and just frankly losing shootouts because their defense is giving up points uh, as well. But then you look over to the bucks. I didn't even mention Jalen hurts breaks his middle finger. I think is the injury. Uh, AJ Brown is even going to play like what's his status. He's getting the MRI last I saw, which by the way, I'm going to give all of us a mulligan to change our pick pregame. If AJ Brown doesn't play, because we have no idea at this point. Devontae Smith. <laughs> won't need a change. Devontae Smith didn't play last week. Uh, I mean, I think he's going to play, but you just don't know how healthy he is. But then the Bucks, you know, they were shut out for three quarters against the Saints, didn't score a touchdown against the Panthers. And frankly, if DJ Shark doesn't fumble that ball to the end zone, I think they might have lost to the Panthers, who they beat 9-0 last week. Baker's shoulder does not seem right to me. I swear, that guy has a shoulder injury. Every time he makes the playoffs, it feels like poor Baker. Um, and it's really too bad because Mike Evans and Chris Goblin are guys that could and should completely dominate this game. Dalton, I'm sure you're going to talk a little bit about that if you're picking the Bucks, as it sounds. Yeah. Uh, so a couple of fun stats. I forgot to give this one for the Rams. Last eight games, the Rams are 7-1, and one, the highest of any playoff team. You know what the worst record is? I mean, I just said the Eagles lost five of six, so it's got to yeah, be them. They're three of five the last eight. Uh, also, of teams in the playoffs, the team with the worst point differential is, can you guess? Really? That's actually surprising. It's the Eagles. It's not the Eagles. It's the Steelers. At well, okay. 20. But second. <laughs> uh this picking in round one, by the way. <laughs> but second. Yeah, that's a different game weather. Um, <laughs> but uh, the Eagles are second. with. Wait, we're five. on the Bermuda grass this game, too. We'll leave it alone. doesn't matter. Uh but Eagles have a negative five-point differential on the season, which I thought was kind of crazy because I didn't think they've been that bad in games, but they've lost some big ones. Um, with- well, I mean, they've got absolutely lit up by Tyrod Taylor and the week before that. Kyler Murray, good, but Arizona Cardinals bad the last yes. two weeks. Uh, their defense is horrendous. Since they demoted Sean Desai, they've been worse. You said it with Matt Patricia. Uh, they also run the most one-on-one coverages in the NFL, which is – astounding considering how bad their cornerbacks have played and Mike Evans is like the best one-on-one man beater in the NFL uh I trust him to have a big game for what it's worth like their defense is so bad Rashad White's gonna look really good uh I think on the ground and they're gonna get it done there uh Kalisha Kansay for the Buccaneers has really stepped things up recently and I think he's gonna do a good job at disrupting it well and they've been terrible over the middle like they've given up to tight ends a lot this year Chris Goblin's not a tight end but he you know if you're gonna scheme up a receiver to, you know one B receiver to be able to torture you over the middle like Chris Goblin's a pretty good candidate to, to do yeah. so for any team 
so I, I think that the, the Bucks are going to win this one. I don't think it's going to be like a decisive game. It's going to, I think it's going to look pretty bad. I don't think the Eagles are going to score well. I think they're pretty banged up and they didn't look, they just haven't looked in sync all season. And this just feels like one of those games where they kind of walk out, you walk out of there and you're like, they need to make some changes in the off season. Uh, if AJ Brown doesn't play, I feel even more uh, mm-hmm. confident in this take. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm suspecting the line probably moves to like one and a half if AJ Brown is out. And even then with the finger injury on his throwing hand for Jalen Hurts, he already hasn't been throwing the ball like incredibly successful the second half of the season. So they just don't have what they need to get over with. Their their defensive line just isn't isn't getting pressure on guys like you said. And that's the way you beat Baker Mayfield. You get pressure to him. When pressured this season, Baker Mayfield ranks 16th in EPA. When in a clean pocket, Baker Mayfield ranks fourth in EPA. Like he is so much better with a clean pocket. He's gonna play with one most of the game, I think. And I just I the Eagles would need some real magic and some real power to get this game to go their way, I think. John? Yeah, I think the, the Eagles are done for. They are I, – I, I believe in Baker. Bummed about, like, his shoulder not being 100%, but I, I just think the Bucks are uh, are just going to eat the uh, Eagles defensive line alive just because the defense just has not been all there. Um yeah, Jalen Hurts broken middle finger as a guy who has broken multiple fingers within <laughs> recent history. One week of like, or I guess like eight days of like rest. That's not that's not gonna be fun to. Throw I mean, he's gonna. Rest. Yeah, he's gonna have to work, do like the you know Herbert played with the broken finger for a bit this year, which I feel like yeah. Herbert always has a broken finger. He'll have to put like some kind of wrap on or, or Herbert something. Herbert has like played that. terrible this year, so like it, it, that's <laughs> just how Hurts is gonna be uh, Monday night. Also, the thing that's most concerning to me is the probably the biggest storyline for the Eagles offense this season is that they have not been able to figure out how to beat a blitz at all this season. You think back to even the Chiefs game, and the blitz was just eating them alive, and they basically had to throw screen passes and eventually did just enough to beat the Chiefs courtesy of an MVS drop, but enough to put up points in that game to put themselves in a position to beat the Chiefs. Obviously, the concerning thing is that nobody blitzes more than Todd Bowles, like literally nobody in the NFL. So that is a concern if you're the Eagles. I, I just I don't understand what it, I don't know if it's coaching. The old line's obviously awesome. Like, I think PFF has graded them out as the top offensive line again in the NFL this season. I know they haven't had a good running black, a running back pass blocker at all for the last couple of years. So may, maybe that's it, especially this year. Um, something tells me this is a Nick Sirianni versus Shane Steichen issue that we're dealing with right now, maybe first and foremost, and obviously maybe Hurts just isn't quite having the, the same year as before, but also maybe he would be. If Steichen was there, hard, hard to really say as far as that goes. I think I'm still going to – I just can't get myself to go with the Bucks in this game. I'm I'm worried about Baker's shoulder, worried about how they've looked. Obviously, like I said, I'm worried about how the Eagles have looked too. It is kind of funny, though. I think if you told all Eagles fans that the injuries would make them run the ball 35 times in this game, they'd be like, yes, thank you. That's what we've been screaming for for the last three months. So it's possible that 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 change could actually be a little bit beneficial in this matchup. Will it take them past this week? 
I don't think so. But I do think they have enough to get past a Bucks team with a banged up Baker. However, if AJ Brown does not play, I will be changing this pick to Tampa. Interesting. Um, <laughs> I forgot to give the stat earlier on the Steelers. Since on the taking, Steelers. Yes. Uh, since taking over as a starting quarterback, do you want to know where Mason Rudolph ranks among passer rating, completion percentage, and completion above expectation? I don't think I do, actually. I think I'd rather He's just first in the league. All I think, I'd, I think I'd rather care. just move on to the underdog draft. Rudolph gang. Do you not care? It's happening. And uh, you all were rude this day. Yeah, and I guess I'm going Eagles minus three because it's kind of hard to – pretty tough to pick a team to win but not pick them to cover, you know, minus three. Yeah, so. minus three. So, but yeah, like I said, if uh, if Andrew Brown does not play, I'm getting on the record now. I will be changing that pick. Dalton, do you have an underdog draft ready or close to ready for us to get into real quick here? We're entering now. Uh, just so everybody knows what we're doing, we're doing a post. We're waiting on one person. We're almost there. Uh, we're doing a postseason draft. You have eight spots on your team. Uh, the the farther your players go, the more points you earn. Draft starting in one minute. Uh, it's half PPR, the superior scoring format. Uh, but really, there's two things in this. The first is you got to figure out who's going to make it farther in the playoffs. We might have some debates there since it's my account. Ty goes which, to the runner. Which, by the way, we didn't. Uh, I said we would make Super Bowl picks, and and I haven't had us do that yet. I mean, I, I have the 49ers and Ravens in the Super Bowl with the Ravens winning. I just feel like it. it's the Ravens' time this year. It's Lamar's time. They've been the best team. To me, this season, I do think it'll be Chiefs, Ravens, and the AFC Championship. I think the whole world is going to pick the Bills over the Chiefs in round two. Should we get that? But that is how I see this playing out. How about you guys? Ravens, Niners, same thing. Yeah. Johnny, Johnny, do you have Browns? What? Do you have Browns? Oh, yeah, I wasn't going to go with the stereotypical number one seed. I, I think I'm going to go Browns versus um, – let's do Browns versus Rams and uh, Browns winning it all. That's a wild – all right. I like that. Yeah, me too. All right, first pick of this draft was C.D. Lamb. Interesting considering I think Dallas could lose week one. Um, any okay, thoughts? On CD going for oh, CMC went second. Uh, we are the sixth pick in this draft, so we're gonna be. Back. I was gonna say that has to be a Cowboys fan number. I will say having a bye week for CMC is tough, but also you gotta feel pretty good about them playing two games. Uh, we we are going to have Brock Purdy or Mahomes. Who do we want here? I mean, I think we gotta go Mahomes, right? If we do, you think they're making the AFC Championship? Yeah, I do. I think so. It's so too. so it's three games of Mahomes versus three games of Purdy. Yeah. All right, so we took Mahomes. We got another pickup. I don't want Hill. I don't want ASRB. I don't want Diggs. So we're between Ayuk, Kelsey. What are we thinking here? I'd go Ayuk. We're going to take Ayuk here. I like it. Um, So, so far, we're not stacking anything. We're going to find out real quick. We're only two picks in. Surely there are some Chiefs receivers we can take later. I mean, Rasheed Rice has got to be up pretty quick, right? Uh, let's see. He he's nineteen point seven and ADP, so third round. So we could have Rasheed Rice. If we can have Rasheed Rice, that's what I would like. Yeah. Well, we're gonna find out real quick. <laughs> These drafts move faster than normal ones. Um, eventually, we do have to take a running back. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm totally for if we can stack Rasheed Rice and Isaiah Pacheco and call a Chiefs offensive renaissance. Although I'm just gonna go on record here. That's a I lot of feel, eggs in the Chiefs basket. I don't feel comfortable with uh being so exposed to the Chiefs offense already. Yeah, I mean if you just go Mahomes, because we do we get more than one quarterback or is it do can we can we only take one quarterback? No, we can get another quarterback. So we take a second quarterback later on here. Um I'm surprising ADP here. Nobody wants Tyreek Hill, so I think everybody thinks the Chiefs are going to win this, if yeah. I had to guess. Uh, Zay Flowers going before Stefan Diggs, so it looks like people think Baltimore is going to make a run and Buffalo won't go as far. Again, two games, you get half the playoffs, and you're going to you're guaranteed almost two games if you think the Steelers walk out of there. Isaiah likely just win. I think we have a good shot Tyreek Hill here, but I don't mind. Actually, I do mind it. I, I was going to say, if, if we think the Chiefs are going to win, that's only one game for Tyreek Hill. All right, we are at least going to have the choice between Pacheco and Rice. In my opinion, I would like to go Rasheed Rice and Kyrie Williams. Me, yeah, me too, 100%. Uh, Travis Kelsey just went. We'll take Rasheed Rice here. And then, I mean, we're up on Kyrie. We think the Rams win this and go on to the next week. And even if they don't, like, we need a running back at some point, And he's probably the best that's on the board. Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean. We could get a sneak if, if Nakua or Cooper Cup is that down there later, we could get a sneaky Stafford stack. Yeah. Uh I, I don't like Grumpy Simon here. This guy right here taking Pacheco <laughs> right before us. Not a fan of that. Uh, apparently there are no believers in the Dolphins because not a single Dolphin has been taken at this point. And there goes Tyreek Hill. He went uh 18 spots below the ADP, which I think <laughs> is pretty wild. Looking at this guy's team, he is going all Baltimore in the first round. He's doing the ultra stack. Yeah, he just bare finds on the scoring points this week. Yeah. Well, I think it's cumulative all the way through. So if yeah. they make a three game run, but I mean, Kansas City wins all four games. Yeah. But if you, Bowl, if which... like, if you, like, for example, if the Rams make it to the NFC championship game, you know, split the difference between what we say and what Johnny, if the Rams and the Chiefs make the AFC championship game, and then we have a couple guys in the Super Bowl like that, that's how you win is you, you get, yep. you get one or two teams that make a, make a deep run. Yeah. I've been getting Mahomes at six is big value considering the Chiefs history with not losing till the championship game. Yeah. Agreed. How okay. many picks until we're up here? One, two, three, four, five. We got dip going up next here. He <laughs> is your name grumpy Simon. <laughs> No, my name is D. Willie. Um, okay. I was like, I was like, what? <laughs> okay, wild pick here. You don't need a tight end at all. This, by the way, it's wide receiver tight end. This guy took David Njoku over Mark Cooper. How do you feel about that? Well, I mean, I will say Njoku has been playing some outstanding ball in the last month. But yeah, I, you know, would probably go Mark Cooper if I'm picking a Brown right there. Even Speaking crazier. of. I was gonna say, speaking of picking a brown, there's uh, AJ still just kind of sitting yeah. there. Uh, Obviously, we, we we don't know the MRR results yet, though. So that is a real all risk, um, yeah. hopeful for a big reward type type of pick. Uh, looks like you're one of the few believers in Houston because Nico Collins is the first guy, and he has an ADP of forty, uh, which I don't even know where CJ Stroud is. Fifty two point seven. He is deep on that list. I'm not going to lie to you. If we can't get a Stafford stack here, I, I don't hate the idea of a Stroud-Nico Collins. All I'm saying is there is a big push in this 
for people are really confident in their the, the the number one seeds winning pretty pretty heavily. I mean, you have Justice Hill going before Swift Montgomery. Yeah. I won't name these guys because they're not winning. Um, but I mean, you still have guys like Rashad White, even Aaron Jones. I don't mind Clyde Edwards Hilaire, considering Jared McKinnon won't be around. We're up. Uh, I kind of uh, mind. Let's see here. All right. We got one quarterback. I mean, we have Cooper Cup here. If we really trust the Rams, we can we can we can get a good stack of them. Yeah, I, I don't hate the Rams stack. We're taking we're taking Cooper Cup. He's not been great this year, but I'll take the value. We can go again. I mean, do we want to finish the we're just gonna wait on Stafford? All right. Yeah, say so wait, wait another pick here, and we can maybe go Texan stack if he's not there. All right, I'm gonna level with you. I think we take Nico. Okay, go for it. All right, and then I think we're done with wide receivers at this point. We need we need to body up some running backs. AJ Brown goes at 32. Does this guy have anything going on here? Man, if the Eagles win two games, that that's gonna be a heck of a pick. Yes, but if they don't, and I don't think they do. All right, again, we have Dalton Kincaid going before Gabe Davis. Is the fantasy community well, well, Gabe well, Davis? Well, Gabe Davis, is he playing this week? He got hurt last week. Oh, that's true. I do not know if he's playing. Um, I mean, it looks like people are pretty down on this Philadelphia offense at this point. I yeah. think the jig is up. And Miami, the only Miami player we've had go has been Tyreek Hill. Um, I will say... Where the Steelers? <laughs> <laughs> there's a, look at how low George Pickens is the first one, and he has an ADP of fifty nine points. I think there's a reason for that, and it's probably starting with it's a ten point spread. Yeah, yeah, you think? I think we run the table. <laughs> well, what I was gonna say is, at this point, if either of these guys make it back to us, I guess well, there goes still- a chain. Okay, I was gonna say I don't hate a Dolphins running back if that, but we I guess we need to take Stafford, like we said, if that if that's available to us here. Yeah, I think so too. I also don't like. But if we if we miss here, then Stroud will probably be there our next pick. Yeah, um, and then I don't mind. I think that Singletary is, yeah, he's pretty free. Oh, we're back to pack picks. No doubt, Stroud's gonna be there, Evan. I mean, unless this guy, who I think might take. I, I, this is a bad team. I'm just. Gonna I mean, he's it. all AFC, so the upside yeah. is uh, a little capped here. I don't think he knows what he's <laughs> doing here. Vesper, buddy, check out half point per pod. Is there a chance? <laughs> There's not. And he takes Mike Evans. He finally got an NFC. There he's listening in. Uh, he honestly, that that probably is a good pick. All right, we have back to back picks here. One of them is going to be Stafford. We pro- we need to worry about running back here. Yeah, let, let, let's take, take take twenty more seconds here. I mean, I don't think we take Montgomery because then we're just we're hampering the cup, Kyron kind of thing. Like it just doesn't help us on our upside. Um, I like Rashad White. Not gonna lie to you. I don't mind Rashad White. Elijah Mitchell's not like crazy either. Let's take Rashad White. I don't know if Elijah Mitchell's going to see playing time at all. Hmm. I think, see, for the record, I think I would have gone Elijah Mitchell there. But I well, understand. I think he might be there next next cover round. Um, I mean, this is this, I, I'm just throwing this out there for later. <laughs> Not yours. Okay, but 
here's the thing. Look at our running backs right now. Kyron Williams and Rashad White. We need an AFC guy. AFC guy, but also those are – now, we think the the Lions are going to lose to the Rams, yes. and you and Johnny think Tampa Bay is going to win. But those teams are both underdogs in their first round. So I think we're at least at decent risk of both of those teams losing in, in wildcard weekend. And you just want to hope Elijah Mitchell does something? Well, I mean, you know, you're looking at who who else – I mean – you know, you can't pick a lion. Those guys are gone. Um, the Eagles guys are gone. So you can't like hedge those matchups. <laughs> <laughs> there is CEH. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Dalvin Cook, he's right there. That's funny. Um, do we have to go running back and get like how many picks do what round are we in right now? Uh, we are in round one, two, three, four. We're in round nine. How many more picks do we have? That's a great question. We're almost done. We have two more. I think they both have to be running back for us to to build an optimal lineup here. I guess we do have four receivers. Um, well, okay. I mean, we think the Green Bay game is going to be high scoring. We do. I don't mind Aaron Jones. So we just get a one-week now again, this is scary because potentially those are th- those are three underdogs, so that's the potential for three teams. Well, there goes Elijah Mitchell. So, mm. so we're down to underdog, underdog. I don't mind. Look, I think we take Aaron Jones. I was actually going to say Aaron Jones and Rico Dowdle would be my. I was going to say Aaron Jones and Clyde Edwards Hilaire. My argument. Is it would be fun. <laughs> Rico Dattle like scores touchdowns sometimes, though. Clyde with Pacheco doesn't really do. He that. has two all season. How many does Clyde have? Clyde has one. He has one. And that was the game Pacheco missed. Jared Kidd's <laughs> out. I think we do Clyde. Johnny Tybricker, quick. There's no shot. Oh. Uh CH. All right. Nice. Down with the ship with CH, like always. All right. Uh I do just going back on record. I wish it would have been Najee. I, d- I forgot he was there. Um, but well, then we would have had four running backs all in games that they're projected to lose this week. Yeah, that, that is correct. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's review this. We have ourselves a 2-4-4 stack. I think that's pretty much what everybody does. Uh, wow, Jamison Williams. That is, that is something. Um, we have ourselves Patrick Mahomes and Matthew Stafford, the best gunslingers in the playoffs. Aaron Williams who we think advances. Rashad Wright, who we've not been a fan of on this podcast. Aaron Jones, who we think will play in a shootout. We took him right at ADP right there. Yeah. And we think it's going to be a close game. It would not shock me at all if, yes. if Green Bay won that game. We have CEH, whatever. Uh, Brandon Ayuk, who should be a dog. Rasheed Rice, who is a dog. Cooper Cup, who's been a dog. And Nico Collins, who's still a dog. So, I mean, when you look at it in the grand scheme of things, I like I mean, this if, lineup. If the Rams make a run, we're we're winning this. Yes. Um, so everybody's all in on the Rams. <laughs> and if the Chiefs win, or if the Chiefs lose Week One, I, I <laughs> then pers- we're not checking it again anyway. So it doesn't matter. I will personally be asking for a refund from Underdog uh, and saying my account was stolen. <laughs> Someone stole your account and spent a whole five dollars on on mittens. 
it's a bad investment if the Chiefs don't win. <laughs> On that note, that is going to do it for episode 132 of the Half Point for Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Half Point for Pod. Subscribe to the YouTube. Link to all those things will be in the show notes as always. We'll be back next week to talk about uh, the divisional round, and we'll sneak in uh, a fantasy topic or two. Hope you all have a great weekend. Enjoy watching a very fun slate of playoff games, and we'll talk to you again next